Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Here we go. Three, two, one. It's time for the Wrestling Perspective Podcast here on the All-Canadian Wrestler Network, it feels like. I'm Dennis Farrell, and he's uh, Canada's national treasure, P.D. Williams. How's she going, eh? There's <sighs> too much Canada in this podcast, I swear. You know, I was just going to say, I'm like, we should like be like Canada's podcast of choice, it seems like. <laughs> We're like, I'm American now, and you're an American or an American <laughs> soil doing an American podcast, but we're gearing it towards Canadians. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. We we have a lot to talk about on this podcast. First and foremost, yep. this is this is the wrestling perspective podcast after Mania, since it seems like that's the hottest thing to do right now. Uh, your thoughts on WrestleMania? You know what? Uh, overall, before we get into detail, I thought it was good. I thought it was better than. Uh, probably like the last, I don't know, one, two, three WrestleManias, I would say, because you have all these high expectations going into WrestleMania. Like, I want to say the last three years, they kind of like, eh, there was nothing great about it or anything like that. But I thought, you know, all the matches were solid and they just did a really, really good job all together with the show. So overall, I would give it a thumbs up and that's not you know, last time I gave it a thumbs up, I would say it was like maybe WrestleMania 30 when Daniel Bryan uh, won the title and stuff. So, yeah, I thought it was good. You? I, I have two or three gripes that we will talk about here. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, Overall, I, though. I, overall, I thought it was good. It was one of the better ones, as you said, over the last couple of years. I found myself generally uh, enjoying it throughout the night. Things that I didn't think I liked, I turned out to I liked the most. So they did a overall good job. I, the problem with this WrestleMania is I feel like where they dropped the ball, they really dropped the ball. Where it was bad, it was really bad. Okay, like what? First and foremost, the Braun Strowman thing. I... <laughs> yeah. I... I'm dis- I hate to even use the word disgusted, but th- that whole Braun Strowman thing d- was the worst booking possible. It made the bar look stupid. It was horrible. I-, I get the sports entertainment aspect of it, but there was nothing entertaining about it. Uh, PD, to me, this was just, it was bad. I, I did not enjoy this one bit. Yeah, um... It, it was it was bad in the sense that, okay, book it however you want. It's your show. If you want to book a little kid and, uh, okay, cool, whatever. But what I didn't like is they've been building up Strawn for, or, uh, Strawn, Braun for like, I don't know, it seems like a couple of years now um, or at least a year. Like they've been building him up for a while. And all of a sudden now he's slapping five, with little kids smiling, he was smiling and like, you, you know, gent. Like it seemed like he was happy being next to the kid and stuff like that. Like, like what is this? Like a gentle giant now they're turning him into. Like I, I don't. We we've seen that before with other big men. I don't want to see that with Braun. I mean, you have something different. Keep going that way. So I, I thought it was bad in the sense that it it actually even though Braun like destroyed both of them, it made Braun look weak. I'm like, who's this sensitive? monster now like it doesn't even make sense because before he had no regard for anybody which made him like kind of cool in my book i agree you when we were doing our wrestlemania previews i said many times that there's there's gonna be a way that they're gonna find a way to book this and make both both teams look bad stop both momentums and they successfully did it so congratulations wwe 
Yeah, I mean, that was the one booking they probably shouldn't have done. Um, but then again, I mean, unless they have somebody sign, like a Rey Mysterio or, or whatever the case may be, who, I mean, they could even with Bray, but I know Bray's doing the thing with Matt now, but they, they I don't know, they could have done a million something. You know what ago. I thought he was going to do? What? When he said, I don't, like, my partner is going to be you. So I thought it was going to be like, you know, uh, like in basketball when the sixth sixth man is like the the people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I thought he was gonna say like, "All of you are my tag team partner," like you know, in spirit kind of deal. That's where I thought he was going with it, and then they didn't go that way. So I'm like, "All right, all right." And then they picked a fan. Like it was, I'm like, "Oh man," you know. And then I thought when he was going out to pick a fan, I'm like, "Oh, do they have a plan?" Absolutely. And they're gonna like another like you know wrestler, but they didn't they? They legit had a ten year old kid. So okay. Overall. That was one of the things that took me out. The things they did right, and it took me maybe overnight to digest this, but I loved having Asuka lose. You took the pressure off of her. She can move on with the storyline now. I, I always said it was a little too early for her to have the belt anyways, and you just made Charlotte look that much more amazing, that much more tougher. I don't think you took any real shine off Asuka. We all still believe that she is this amazing wrestler who can't be stopped i think that was perfect booking right there in retrospect yeah i mean she's got to lose sometime um why'd they do it now why didn't they build her up to be with with ronda i don't know because it would have gave you know ronda like somebody undefeated to be like nobody could beat her except for ronda i remember when they brought kurt angle in to to impact uh and he was the first one to beat joe joe was undefeated um, and they made it like a big deal. So it's just weird that Charlotte has a lot of losses under her belt. Um, and she was the one that beat Oscar. But I mean, if they want to elevate Charlotte, maybe they're building to her and Ronda now. Um, at, I don't know, next year's WrestleMania, maybe they'll actually legit have those two headline WrestleMania, like be the last match of the night. That'd, that'd be something. I'm trying to think of what else I I felt like was off. Oh, you know what? It's... And it's not probably what you think, but it was the Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns match. Let me get your yeah. thoughts first. Um, you know, it's like I've seen – it seems like I've seen that match uh, many times. I mean, mm-hmm. I know he hit him with like whatever, a half dozen F5s, which is, okay, sure, maybe he's, Reigns only kicked out of one before or whatever. Um. So they were building up like Reigns going to win. So a good swerve at the end, have Brock win. Didn't see that coming, obviously, based on my prediction. But like it just it seems like I've seen that match uh, multiple times. And uh, to have it as the main event at WrestleMania, you want it to seem different. Like I remember when Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar main event at WrestleMania, and you know that that wasn't that was a really good match. That was an awesome match. You know, I, I wanted something I guess more to Brock than a suplex and an F five, I guess. Um, so, I mean, I was kind of let down on that, but, uh, you know, they had the swerve at the end, so maybe that's what they were going for. Um, but if you didn't put them last, who who would you have put last? If I was putting somebody last, I, you could have gone with maybe, and I don't I don't think they, they told the story right for Daniel Bryant, but you could have put him last. That was an emotional return with a feel-good ending. You could have put Brock second. I would have maybe put the Brock-Roman match somewhere in the middle of the card. But here's the other thing that I didn't like for Royal Rumble. And it's nothing the WWE did. And I don't shy I don't shy away when I, I talk about the fans. But damn you fans for ruining that. Not that it was a masterpiece or, or a great match or even close to a three-star match. But... Stop. Stop trying to hijack a match. Maybe you guys don't feel like you're interested, but there are other people who might be. What What about the kids in the stands? Because in the middle of the match, they were cheating F.U. Roman. If I'm if I'm spending that kind of money and I bring my nine-year-old kid and they start cheating that, I'm, I'm livid. Stop being selfish. You know, those guys still go out there and are trying to do a job and perform for you. You may not like the way they're booking Roman. That's fine. 
go create a podcast and vent about it. But I don't like the way fans are hijacking shows anymore. And there's still chant CM Punk. You know, CM Punk chants are just as just just as relevant right now as the what chants. Hey, you know what? 2004 called and they said, give it up, move on, be creative. They're not even creative chants anymore. I'm yeah, sorry. Uh, it really makes me mad. No, I mean, I agree with you. And we've talked about this before. I mean, it's it, it always sucks as a performer in the ring when people are like focused on something else that's going on in the crowd. Um, or if, you know, they start chanting a certain thing that has nothing to do, but that's the mob mentality. Like, what's weird is, like, it, as a group, the fans, they'll, they'll, they'll do whatever. Like, they'll, they'll chant what they want. But say if you were to meet all of them individually afterwards, they, they wouldn't say that to you or Not anything like that. They would be like, oh, great match and stuff like that and kind of babyface you to your face, you know? Um, so it's just different when you're in that mob mentality. You're like, yeah, this is cool. Let's do it. I want to be part of it. So it's good that... It's good at the sense that they're they're chanting something and they're they're being a part of the show and they're being like lively and stuff like that. It's just it's like it's it's misplaced. Um, you know, it's just misplaced pretty much. I think WrestleMania either needs to start an hour earlier because it just needs to end at 11. You cannot have it run till midnight every year from here on out. I know you're trying to make it special like, you know, Super Bowl Sunday, but at some point when you've been in your seat since 2 p.m. and it's now midnight, and I'm not giving the fans a off-the-hook here, but I I can see why they didn't care that late into the show. So you need to put – I'm not a booker, but if you're going to have a show that's going to run that late, you should have a feel-good emotional story at the end to keep people invested. Yeah, and – that's the thing. I mean, I've been on shows that are long. Like I, I when I used to wrestle for IWA Mid South, like all of us used to complain that these shows were like four or five hours long. When a, like a regular independent show could be anywhere from, uh, you know, most of them are like two and a half hours, but they could be from anywhere from two and a half hours. Three would seem long. Like I know when we do our impact tapings, we'll start at uh, like seven or something, and sometimes would, like you know it might be like ten, ten thirty. We get out of there and it feels like a long day, three and a half hours. And especially when we're doing that, like, four days in a row. Um, so just to have it, like, pre-show starts at 5, and then it's not done till midnight. Seven hours? Like, man, like, it, it is exhausting. So, I mean, yeah, the fans at the end of the night, they're I don't even think they're, like, hydrated enough or anything, even in the right frame of mind, to even pay attention to a match at the end. Um, so, yeah, they got to shorten it up, but, you know... I like they just got to have their eight solid matches, not have so much buildup in between the the matches. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the solution is. Um, I know I hear, uh, heard some reports saying like, Oh, they should make it a two day event. Well, it's not special if it's two days. Um, like you already have like NXT hall of fame, all that kind of stuff. It's already a multiple day thing. Um, but they, they got to do something. By the way, in all uh, transparentness here, we're actually recording during SmackDown right now. Carmella just cashed in and won the Women's Championship. On who's the SmackDown It champion? was Charlotte Flair. Oh, was it uh, after a Charlotte Flair match or something like not, that? Not sure. Twitter's blowing up right now, so I just thought I would throw that out there. You're you're busy this week, so we're recording a little bit earlier in the week, so we apologize if we're not really going to get to a lot of SmackDown stuff, which sucks because I think there's going to be some debuts here on SmackDown that we'll have to wait until next week or over the weekend to talk about. Yeah, which is a bummer. I got some media stuff to do tomorrow for uh, for Impact and all that kind of stuff. And conference call? Thursday shot from it. Yeah, uh, no, uh, Austin Aries on the conference call. Um, it's some other, uh, the PR guy, Ross Foreman, he just said, do you want me? It was really quick setup. He's like, you want me to have the reporters call you? Yep. Yeah. Just have them call me all that kind of stuff. And so I don't even know who it is, um, but I'll find out tomorrow, I guess. It'd be nice if, it'd be nice if your own podcast could be invited to that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you ask me questions. Hi, Dennis Farrell here from, uh, the wrestling perspective podcast. PD, I got a question for you. I'm like, Dennis. Why don't you like wait until we record together? Then you have an hour long to ask me questions. I mean, I 
P, are, are you stiffing me on my question, sir? <laughs> Uh, next question, please. This this question comes from PD Williams. Uh, PD, uh, question. <laughs> ask your own. Yeah, this question's from PD. I have a question for PD. Um, WrestleMania weekend, by the way. Before we get over to Raw, uh, Raw after Mania, which was amazing. I think one of the best Raws in a long time. Which they tend to do that after Mania. Impact Wrestling to me was the MVP of the weekend. And before people go, oh, you're PD Williams slappy and you're you're Impact slappy, I don't watch Impact. And even on this podcast, you know, we poked fun at them here and there. But this weekend, they've overcome a no-show for one of their main events on one of the biggest shows. They sell out Lucha versus Impact. I would have put that show at maybe number two on the whole weekend. I, NXT, Impact versus Lucha, then I would put uh, Ring of Honor Supercard, then WrestleMania. And I'm not knocking WrestleMania, but we've come to expect WrestleMania, and it delivers what we expect. And I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna rant a little bit about WrestleMania at the end of this podcast. So remind me, PD. But that okay. not that WrestleMania was bad in in that ra- ranking. I don't want it to sound like I'm punishing them, but I felt like the smaller shows in NXT really showed up this weekend and it brought a amazing weekend of wrestling all week long. Yeah, and I mean that's part of WrestleMania. They know it's like you know seventy thousand plus fans are going to be in attendance. So and or just in the city and stuff like that. So why not piggyback the WrestleMania show? I don't know when that started happening, um, but it's good that it did. Every, everybody, everybody as a company has a show uh, in or around that WrestleMania weekend. So um, it, it's always good like that you can deliver an impact, you know, from, I, I saw some of it on Twitch and stuff like that. I was in the chat room for a little bit, which was cool um, by the way. I, here, can I, can I just say something a little behind the scenes? You, okay. You and I, for a while, were like, you know, Impact should do a podcast. They start doing a podcast. I think it was one, I don't even know, it was probably an hour or two, hour or two before the stream on Saturday. I text you, I go, you know it would be funny? If you pop into the chat room and start trolling Josh Matthews. And you went in there, but it was going too fast. And you didn't really get the, the, the proper props, which that deserved, by the way. Then on Sunday, I go, you know what? I'm bored. You know, you're right before WrestleMania, but I don't want to turn on the TV because of the wife. You know what I'll do? I'll put it on my phone. I'll go to the uh, Impact feed. I go into the Impact feed, and there you are in the chat room just chatting away with people. Yeah, so I (laughs) texted. It was uh, Saturday because it was Sanjay's birthday on Saturday. And I I texted him because, you know, funny little thing about Sanjay you might not know is – him and his wife share the same birthday, April 7th. Um, and that's kind of how they met. I think they met on their birthday, like at a bar or something like that. They hit it off and the rest is history. So, um, yeah, so I texted him, happy birthday and stuff. And he's like, you know, thanks, bro. He's like, I'm actually spending the day with Josh Matthews. He's like, uh, we're live on Twitch right now, you know, tune in and, and, and you could see me. I'm like, yeah, sure, why not, you know? kids are napping and stuff i so i get it on my phone put my headphones in turn it on and it's sanjay and i, I text him i'm like oh man nice beard because i haven't seen sanjay yet because he wasn't at the last tapings because he had that ac or uh the achilles uh surgery so now he's got like this big beard and i love it man he looks he looks great with it and uh so it's going a lot slower the chat room because the views aren't as high as the the show and I'm trolling on Josh, and Sanjay's like reading some of the things on there. It's like, oh, Petey's in the chat room saying like he's gonna punch you. In the, whatever I said, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and people were getting in on it, like, yeah, give him the destroyer, Petey, and all that kind of stuff. So it, it's 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 cool that we could like just pop in whenever we want and interact whenever we want, you know, from my, the comfort of my own home. So um, yeah, it, it was it was cool, and I did it for I don't know what what would you say like 10, 15 minutes. I'd say then, it was like 20 or so because you were really interacting with fans. and Oh, yeah. Then I started interacting with the fans and stuff because they were – yeah, yeah. And, and Twitter kind of blew – I wouldn't say blew up, but Twitter gave Impact props because I, Allie was in the chat room too. I don't know if she was in at the same time. And people were just like, you know, that's really cool. 
that Impact was having their stars in the chat rooms interacting on a weekend that was meant for wrestlers and fans to come together. Yeah, and it's not like anybody – well, I mean Sanjay recommended it. I didn't have to do it, but not like anybody told me like, hey, guys, you know, make sure – because that happens a lot. Like in professional wrestling back when I worked for Impact like in 2014 or whatever it was, they they would tell you what to tweet out kind of. Like you know what I mean? It's like, hey, you have a match coming up. Can you tweet this out or, or tweet something? You know, like whatever. So they're kind of like getting on you about social media and stuff, which is you know understandable, and WWE does the same thing. So it's good now that like it's organic, like nobody, and I've been with Impact since August, nobody said like, hey, tweet this out or, or, or hype your match. Or, it's just like we do it because you know, we like wrestling, uh, we like being a part of the company, and you know, we, we like working there. And we just do it because you know, interacting with the fans and all that kind of stuff, it just makes the product better. Who is Impact's social media guy? Uh, I think it's Josh Matthews. Uh, I don't know who. So before, I want to say the Impact, like the Twitter account, uh, like a handful of people had like the password like prior to Josh Matthews even being there. So, um, yeah, I, dude, I don't even know who's in charge of it. That's a great question. I should probably ask, but I think josh matthews is uh primarily in charge of it i want to say they deserve an award after today uh as you and i texted and your your social media blew up before we move on to raw after smackdown i guess it kind of ties into it somewhere into that show kevin owen Sami Zayn show up kurt angle says hey uh we only have room for one but i hear tna is hiring which I guess in the end, it sounds like it was more of a jab, not towards TNA, but towards Alberto El Patron being fired, which makes it even better, I guess. You know, you tweet out, you know, that, that was kind of a really cool moment. People took it the wrong way, but today, and we'll talk about all that stuff. I don't want to gloss over it, but I have to to get to the point today. Impacts and uh, tweets out a picture of some donuts. And I sent you the picture. What did the tweet say? Hang on. Uh, I said something like, uh, oh, I guess uh, Impact's the hot topic right now. And, you know, uh, we just had somebody stop by that uh, wants to be part of the company or something like that and gave it, us some donuts. Here it is. Somebody something just like showed up at our offices with donuts in their resume. It looks like the company everybody wants to work for these days. LOL. Uh, that, yeah. to, to, that was amazing right there on Impact. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I, I don't know who it is. Uh, I don't know if they're just trying to create, like, uh, you know, uh, ride the wave of the buzz that's going on right now, which is good because it's going to be interesting to see if people tune in um, this Thursday and stuff and us leading into redemption. And hopefully we could gain a few viewers. So, I mean, uh, thanks, WWE, I guess. <laughs> your tweet, let's talk about your tweet real quick because I'm, you know, we're laying in bed. Not together, by the way. <laughs> I'm laying. No, in I wasn't laying in bed yet. I was. I was uh, uh, sitting on my couch, pretty much. You were sitting on your couch when it happened, and I tweeted. I texted you like, "Can you believe that?" And you texted me back like, "Wow, you know," because we were both in shock that they would even mention TNA's name on their product because they are very guarded. At men- I, I don't know if I can remember a time where they really, other than WCW after they bought them or ECW after they bought them mentioned another brand on their programs yeah no and they haven't and i've had i don't know like a hundred and something uh comments like back to me about everybody's thoughts and you know like pretty much what i tweeted was like you know i think that's a like it's a burn on tna uh what they said but it's not and i i said we've been trying to get them to mention our name on their television show for 15 years now that part's not true. We don't like, we're not actively trying to get WWE to mention us. But I remember when I worked there in 2004, um, we had a big thing. We were trying to redo uh, pretty much what WWE did to WCW. Like when they started the Monday Night Wars, we were trying to do that because we were still an up and coming company. We felt like, you know, we had some legs underneath us. Like we can go out there and we can actually be a legit competitor to wwe so in 2004 we were like we had like uh the new age outlaws at the time 
um, that were working for us, we had them dressed up as like Hunter and Sean, like full prosthetic makeup and stuff like that. Just bad mouth them. We actually had our guys show up at one of uh, the WWE events and, um, and, and film it and stuff like that. Kind of doing that invasion angle that WWE did to WCW, that whole invasion angle. And the part where, and WWE never responded to us all the, like week after week, we're just trying to like, you know, start a war with them and they're not responding, which is smart. I mean, that's so smart on WWE part. I'm like, they're not going to respond. And we've done so much. We're like, oh man, they got to respond to this. I mean, we're throwing this out there and all this kind of stuff. And they just didn't. And it's smart. It's brilliant. I mean, had they done that, they would have, they would have acknowledged us and started a war, right? Mm-hmm. Um, poten- potentially. Who knows what would have happened, right? But the thing is, back in the Monday Night War days, WWE would you know fire at WCW, right? Because WWE was the one on the losing, like they were losing the rating war. And then what happened? WCW, WCW finally mentioned WWE on their program, and then it was over for them. WCW made the mistake pretty much, right? Right. But now, and so when I say like 15 years, we've been waiting for it for 15 years. No, that's not true. It just happened 15 years later than when we wanted to actually happen. So, I mean, that's all it is. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, that's um, you guys been waiting 15 years. That's sad and all that kind of stuff. We haven't been waiting 15 years. We know. okay? I I hope we know that we're, we're not trying to compete with WWE. And that just goes to show what we're trying to do now is partner up with people like Lucha Underground and like, I guess potentially like Ring of Honor or any other company that's kind of at the same level as us. It's like WWE, everybody knows it's WWE is on top. That's WWE. Nobody's touching them. And then you have all these other promotions beneath them, like Impact, Ring of Honor, uh, Lucha Underground, so on and so forth. Right. Mm-hmm. So that that's where we're at. Like, I didn't mean it like, that it was just a funny tweet and i like doing funny tweets and people some people take it seriously some people you know are, are pro you know impact and the people are like oh it's not even called tna of it, course i know it's not called tna anymore <laughs> duh like that's I mean, the best part i know that but for the sake of the 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 verbiage that kurt angle said on television i called it tna just to reiterate what he said right so and and, the, and people are like oh you guys need to go out of business you guys suck okay everybody's entitled to their own opinion. That's, I, I totally understand. You could say we suck. I, I, I don't care. That's, that's your opinion, right? Um, not everybody agrees with it. People can agree with it. Great. But when I look at a business, like I don't understand why wrestling fans wouldn't want, uh, another company to succeed. Like, it's just like competition makes for better business. It does look at how good, like Raw and Nitro were because they were constantly trying to put out their best product. It, it was it was a rivalry. It was like right now, WWE could dictate whatever they want to do, and people are going to watch. Like we we we, there's nobody in competition with them, so they don't have to stay a foot ahead of anything. They can dictate what we watch. Imagine if they had a rival right now, they they would be like doing so much more. I feel like they wouldn't be. Who, who knows where it would be so when people are like oh you know i hope all these other companies fail or i hope impact fails it's like why like you imagine like if let's say you have an iphone you know you have apple product and then you have samsung or not sam like a smartphone android whatever the case may be say if there was no android well then apple could do whatever they want and they can give us whatever they want whatever technology they would be a monopoly but now that we have both of them they're both competing to put out the best phone and we get to pick what product is the best. You know, I mean, it's just, it's competition is, is great for business. Obviously other businesses goal are to put other businesses out of business. Um, I just said business a lot there, you but did. you know what I'm saying? You're yeah. killing the business. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> here's the thing too. WWE is now utilizing these other companies. Look at AJ Styles is back. Samoa Joe, Sanity. Right now, some of the top guys in WWE are all former TNA or Impact guys. So why wouldn't they want it? Because now you guys are developing talent. Whether you like it or not, they can cherry pick it down the road and turn them into superstars. 
Yeah, and and that's what they do. If everybody thinks like, uh, you know, WWE made stars out of AJ and Joe and stuff like that, just go back to look at when they debuted either on NXT or on, you know, the main roster. The crowd went nuts for those guys because they they already had a, a fan base and a following and stuff like that. Where were they able to have that opportunity for that platform? Places like Ring of Honor, Impact, all that kind of stuff. These guys are already stars. They just didn't get to that, you know, that 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 main level yet. Um, so they all start. And they're, they're world champion right now. AJ Styles, you know, he he was made at Impact. Everybody was like, oh, you know, he did Ring of Honor and, and NWA and stuff like. That. Okay, he worked for Impact for like. I don't know, like over a decade, what, however long it was, 12, 13, 14, what, however many years it was. I mean, yeah, AJ, Cream always rises to the top, you know? Like, it, he would have made it somewhere. It's just that he got the opportunity to do that, and he made Impact his home. So, and just a lot of the roster, the guys that are debuting and stuff like that, the whole Undisputed Era um, in NXT is all Ring of Honor guys. And, you know, I remember wrestling with Roderick Strong at Impact and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, a lot of these guys worked there before they were in WWE. And they've already were established, made a name for themselves, all that kind of stuff. So the transition to the to WWE was smooth, pretty much. So it, it, So much fun. So much fun for me to sit and watch wrestling with you because... And I've said on amazing uh, on many podcasts, and I'll say it on many more. To be able to sit down and just listen to you tell stories and you know guest spots, we, you and I and Sharpshooter Steve, we did something I never thought we'd do in a million years. We turned WrestleMania into guess the order of the card, which turned out to be fun. Yeah, no, I mean that's we should have actually done that. Um, rather than you know pick who's going to win the matches and stuff like that because making the card that that that's 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 difficult. I mean you got so many high profile matches and then based on where they are you're going to be like okay how are they going to be booked and then when we saw what was the second match? Um, Ooh, I don't even was remember. it was it Flair and Oscar like second match or something it, like second that second or third yeah they had to have been yeah and we're like well. I don't know if there's going to be a title change. Like it just where you're booked on the show kind of shows like where who's going to go over and what's going to happen. You like earlier on the show, not much is going to happen, all that kind of stuff. So, um, and like even the opening match, I said Miz ain't going to win. I'm like, you don't usually have usually you don't usually have a heel go over in the opening match of a show. It's usually like you know it's a it's a crowd pumper get the baby face to win. So we just didn't know if it was going to be Finn or Seth. You know, I obviously pick Finn and. You know, had that been later on in the show, maybe I would have thought Miz would have retained. But, um, yeah, looking in the card, like, we were trying to guess, oh, what do you think is going to be next? Oh, we can't do the tag team match because they just did a tag team. They wouldn't do two tag teams back-to-back. So that was more interesting than, uh, you know, picking the winners. The Raw after Mania, let's talk a little bit about this because everybody knows now about Mania. I thought this was probably the best Monday Night Raw in – 10 years it was entertaining it was fun your boy bobby lashley showed up i don't think that was really a surprise to anybody we we knew he was fast tracked to back to the wwe i didn't think he'd end up in nxt since he's already been a product of the wwe but i i don't know if i'm surprised that he popped up the way he did but he did yeah, I, we all knew Bobby was going. I think we actually had him for Impact, had him for a little bit longer. I don't know if we were supposed to have him for the April tapings and stuff, but uh, you know, obviously that you, you know he was he knew he was going back there, and he asked for you know on the last day. I, I thought his contract was expiring in January, but I guess they had him for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but he asked for his release, and you know, Impact's not the type of company anymore, anyways, where it's like. Nope, we have you under contract. You're going to stay with us. You'll be miserable, whatever the case may be. They're like, yeah, you know, if you don't want to work here, yeah, here's your release, man. Like, which is good for morale because that that goes to show that uh, going back to like you know people in the chat room on Twitch, like people that want to work there are working there. Like nobody on that roster right now doesn't want to be like doesn't want to be there. Everybody wants to be there. Um, 
and it just and hopefully that will show in the product that you know we're trying to put forward i think it's showing slowly people are starting to respond you showed you sold out lucha versus impact which you know you can you have to give some credit to impact on that yeah uh and you know lucha too they have a huge following i mean they're on netflix they're getting ready for their season four and all that kind of stuff um i think a lot of people thought i was going to be there um and i like when we did the the media conference call when i was on that uh I think like a few weeks ago for impact they kept asking me about it and i'm trying to like tiptoe around it uh because i literally knew nothing about it because i was not involved in the show and i wasn't booked on the show but i didn't know if people thought i was booked on the show and i was going to be there um so it was very like lucha underground versus impact heavy when they were asking me questions and i was just like you know who, who would you want to wrestle if you could pick so i just threw out like you know, M Dog, like Matt Krauss, uh, Son of Havoc, because that's a guy I like wrestling and know. Mm-hmm. Um, I should have probably said Pentagon Jr. or something like that, but they were putting me on the spot with a lot of questions. And I didn't really know anything about it, like what was going on. I knew the date of the show, but I didn't know any of the matches or anything like that. And that's it. Yep, that's it. I'll do the best I can. So, what's your media call or your media you're doing tomorrow? Which, if you're listening uh, later in the week, it was already happened. Um, I don't know, but I'm assuming it's uh, something to promote uh, Redemption coming up on April 22nd on pay-per-view. Um, but I have no idea who's calling me. I'm going to pick up the phone when they call, <laughs> and we'll go from there. Hey, I might even know the guy. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, good, good to see. I didn't know you were calling me. Okay. But it was quick. Like I was busy. He tried calling me. He's like uh, – my PR guy was like – I couldn't answer the call. He was like, call me back, and I'm like, I can't right now, man, like – and so we just texted a little bit and I was like, okay, good to go. You know, like, I mean, I, I don't just sit around all day. I got a lot of stuff going on. Um, so, you know, and the times he gave me didn't work in the dates and stuff. So we decided on tomorrow and all that kind of stuff. Wouldn't it be funny if I called you? <laughs> yeah, it would. Cause then I'm like, why really? I had to set aside time out of my day to talk to you again. Like, Not that I, I don't say, love you, but come on, man. It made me feel special. What? <laughs> back to Raw after SmackDown. A couple surprises, as we said. Bobby Lashley shows up. Uh, you know, AOP. I really like the way they came in. The Authors of Pain showed up. Uh, beat Rhino and Heath Slater. The story here, and I understand it, is Paul Ellering kind of gets booted out of the group. You know, and... In a very, I don't want to use the word PC way, because they just basically told him to don't follow us, and they went up the ramp. I get it. He's older now. He doesn't want to do the full road schedule. I can't read anything more into that than, than that situation. Um, you know, I mean, he was probably good for the NXT brand. Uh, I don't think, if you look at the... Uh, NXT's kind of like, you know, like... Let's throw things at the wall, see what sticks, right? If it doesn't, if it sticks, great. If not, you know, I mean, he didn't, if you look at him, he didn't really do much for the group anyways. You know, like he stood there, like even if you look at their NXT match, he didn't, I don't think he got involved at all in their match. Um, you know, and those guys can talk on their own now. So it's kind of like, you know, they they use Paul Ellering to introduce these two guys that nobody knew and he got him over and now his job there is done. And if you look at the main roster, they have one male manager right now and that's paul Heyman. it's just they're not they're not heavy on managers right now that's not their so you know hopefully maybe paul ellering will go back to nxt and maybe he'll pick up a different group or a different person and kind of elevate him so maybe he's just going to be their their you know nxt type of uh, manager guy i i like that idea he worked perfect with them almost a road warriors-esque kind of feel to him it will be missed because i really did enjoy him in his promos in the day he kept delivering the high quality promos now i don't know if they'll be the same i'll i'll have to see what they do and how they work without him to reserve judgment on that move but you know his age he doesn't want the full road schedule i i get that And, and, and that's what it could be, um, or maybe they don't want to, you know, uh, pay him now that he's working more and all that kind of stuff. Who, who knows the whole circumstance is? 
maybe he asked not to do I, I don't know. My, my problem is, you know, having Paul Ellering with them, it, it was, you know, something different. Uh, on the roster pretty much now you have another thing and we've seen this before with guys getting called up okay it's two dudes are they going to get lost in the mix like the ascension i hope not you know i hope they actually do something with them um it's just it's a it's a different ball game in nxt you know you, these guys are going all out to make it on the main roster then they get there and it's kind of like different politics and stuff like that guys have been doing it for you know, anywhere from one year to 10 years up there. It's not like everybody trying to get a spot. They got their spot and they want to keep it. So it's just a tougher dynamic. And, uh, you know, I think booting Paul Ellering, though, is like, I think it kind of takes away from the group because they had something special when they had a male manager there, especially Paul Ellering. Oh, of course. I Hall of Fame Paul Ellering, by the way. Yeah. And as we wrap up this podcast, we'll do some promoting here in a second. Oh, I still have my WrestleMania ramp, but... Daniel Bryant, you've not watched SmackDown because we're doing this, but Daniel Bryant uh, has relinquished his role as you know SmackDown general manager to become a full-time wrestler. The new general manager of SmackDown is Paige. How do you feel about a female general manager on SmackDown yet again? Uh, oh, yeah, you said yet again because Vicky Guerrero is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, right now she's got her you know, new movie to promote and stuff like that. I don't know how long that will be. Um, you know, how, how long she's going to be the general manager for. I think it'll be fine. I mean, I, the general manager role is like, you know, I, I feel like anybody could do it pretty much. You know what I mean? Like you look at Kurt Angle, Kurt's awesome. He's a big superstar and stuff like that. But you know, you see him like fumble lines on TV all the time. You don't have to be the best talker. You're just, you're an authority figure and people look up to you at it. And like Teddy Long used to be a referee. You know, he used to be a manager back in the day, but he used to be a referee in WWE. And all of a sudden he was the general manager. And like, same with Johnny Ace, John Laurinaitis. Like, he, he was a, the, I, I really feel like it doesn't matter who they put in that role. They, they could bring somebody new in and just be like, yeah, this is a general manager now. And eventually you're going to grow to either love him or hate him because he's making all these matches and he's involved in all these storylines. So, I really don't think it matters who it is. I, I feel that when you have a big superstar like Daniel Bryan or a Kurt Angle, I, I think it actually does their character and their legacy a disservice when they put him as a general manager because you know they're not really wrestling and they're just kind of making matches and stuff and they're not really involved in any like – I mean they might be involved in heated storylines and stuff, but it, it's, it's just not the same thing when they're not an active wrestler. But she's growing her character, right? You know, she has the same thing that ended Edge's career, from my understanding. So I don't think she's going to pull a Daniel Bryant uh, miracle comeback. She has a totally different element. So now, if she wants to continue in wrestling, she's going to have to do it in a different general manager, manager, a personality type role. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I know she just went back recently, like late last year, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. Maybe they signed her to a a, a, a year deal. Like a lot, some of these contracts, like, yeah, we'll sign you for like three years or like two years. I can't remember what it was. Like we'll sign you for a year with an optional rollover of two additional years or one year each option with this raise and that, or whatever the case may be. I don't know how they're all worked out and stuff. But, you know, they might be like, hey, man, we have her under contract till let's say October, November, whenever she signed it, um, we can either have her sit at home and pay her out, guarantee her, actually put her to work and pay her. So they might just be having her finish out her contract that way. Well, good for her either way for landing that role. Hopefully she can, although I'm a little bit tired of her already, only because of those promos for the movie she did throughout WrestleMania. It seemed like there was like 12 of them. And it was never a different scene from the movie. And I'm just, if hey, it's Paige. If I hear that again, I may just cloud my eyes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, good for her for landing that role. Obviously, happy for her. But uh, you know, who knows why they they had to take Dan O'Brien out of the spot. Um, you know, if you look at it, I'll here's something amazing that you probably didn't even notice. Uh, Back in August, 
you know, they brought in Jim Cornette uh, in Impact to be yeah. the authority figure. We'll call it the general manager, but they call it something else there. Uh, director of operation. I, I don't know. Um, and then, you know, they, they had him film all this stuff up through November. And then he said, decided, you know, I'm not coming back, whatever the case may be. And then from since November, we've been doing, you know, we've already done all November, all the way up through April with no general manager slash authority figure making these matches. We, we don't have an on-air character like that. So you can do it without an on-air character. There always doesn't always need to be one. Um, you just have to like be creative around it and stuff like that. Yet. I have announced, but I'm going to be the new general manager of Impact. Yeah, right. Hey, maybe I can do that job. There you <laughs> go. You you could almost be like Drake Maverick or whatever they call the guy now. Oh, my God. Wentworth. Uh, whatever. I like Wentworth better. Yeah. What, whatever. I don't even remember his other name. Uh, okay. On to my WrestleMania rant. Uh, right. So... WrestleMania is no longer special. I think we've t- talked about this in in on different podcasts, but no longer has is WrestleManias are not the same WrestleManias that we grew up with. I get that they need to change in time, and bear with me because I I haven't really put this into words, but I felt this as hippie as it sounds. Please go back to a little bit of the old school aspects of WrestleMania. It was a star-studded event. It was an event that was supposed to, you know, just be exclusive. Not, you know, not everybody was on the card. It was only the best of the best. And now WrestleMania feels like a watered-down version of what it used to be. Everybody's on the card. They put in battle royals just to get everybody on the card. I I wish they would go back to the days of, you know, I'm sorry you didn't make it, but only the top, the best storylines of the year get on this. And if if you want to be on WrestleMania, you need to work harder to be on WrestleMania. Not, you know, I worked pretty hard all year. My storyline didn't make it, but at least I'm in the blank battle royal. It... I I don't I don't know if WrestleMania is any more my favorite pay per view. It used to be it used to be everybody's, but now it just seems like a longer version of SummerSlam or whatever pay per view is going on now. I I love the fact that there was other wrestling events around that weekend to really make it feel like a special weekend, but they're trying too hard. They're they're trying way too hard, PD, to make this feel like, you know, a special event. What happened to the movie stars that used to show up? You know, up until a couple of years ago, there was a musical break in the middle of it where, you know, a band would play a song or something like that. They didn't have that. The Hall of Fame was a quick little in and out thing. I, I come on, guys. If um. What? Come what? No, I mean, yeah, going back to, you know, like you said, like the the previous WrestleManias before it became five hours. Um, you got to remember they were. I think some of them went like three and a half, um, but they have to buy. They, you know, they have contract like pay per view times where they have to be done by a certain time. If not, if you go over time, that's a lot, a lot of money that you're that you're paying. So they have a certain allotted amount of time. Now they have the network. Like, who cares? They can they can run it for eight hours. That, that's their feeling, and it's all about content to them. Um, you know, I go back. I think it was like WrestleMania. I don't know anywhere between six, seven, eight, and nine, maybe. Some of these matches on there. I can't remember which WrestleMania I was watching years ago. Like there, there's about eight to ten matches, and they got it all crammed in the three hour time like time period. But some of these matches were like two and a half minutes long, like like matches that been built up for like months, and then the feud's done in like three minutes. That's like what? But I mean, that that's they're always switching the dynamic of how they book things, and maybe next year it would be different. Um, but you know, I, I look at it like this: um, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl is not even the best game of the year. 
it, it never is except for like uh, the year before last when uh, New England won it by that huge comeback and stuff. That was that was probably that was a great game. Usually they're blowouts or you know or whatever. There's no drama in it, but they still have the big spectacle, the big announcements, the big halftime show, all this kind of stuff, and people flying in from all over the world and just cr- crazy stuff. Um, they bid for who's going to have WrestleMania or who's going to have the Super Bowl. So yeah, it, it's a, just a big it's a big event, kind of like you know the Academy Awards. Those things are like five hours long too. And sometimes, you know, you're like, what, what movie is this? The one best picture? I've never even heard of it or anything like that. So uh, to me, it makes sense. Rest of, or WWE has their day or their weekend or whatever the case may be. Um, yes, it does need to be shortened up. Um, and that's probably why it doesn't feel as special, just because you're so, you're so drained. If, if they left Braun Strowman off, Braun Strowman would have had so much momentum. He would have a gripe. This could have been a great next two or three months where he's, you know, mad about not being on WrestleMania. Instead, we get him and a 10-year-old. You, you, you have, we could have done without The Undertaker and John Cena in an under three-minute squash match, but... That was fine. That was great. That's what they should have did. More matches should have been like that, I want to say. But like, they, I, I really didn't want to see a long match with a Cena and Undertaker. I thought that match was booked perfectly. But, but here's the problem. The lead-up was 18 times longer than that. The eight times they oh, yeah. showed John Cena and then John Cena running up the John Cena hopping the fence, running up the ramp was almost longer than the match itself he had. No, Undertaker's entrance oh, it, it, was longer than the match. And then the Elias and uh, John Cena match before the match was, I think, longer than the Undertaker-Cena match. It was uh, – that, that whole buildup was 15 minutes if you put it all together. Yeah, I mean it was – you got an extra match out of it and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean you're right about a lot of things you said about WrestleMania. Like I'm not – uh, you know, discredited anything you said. Um, it's just that you know this is this is their day, and you know it's kind of like they're the they're they're the bridezilla. You just have to bear through their day and then move on. I guess wait for the Monday after Monday after Raw. A lot of people say that the Monday after, or the Raw after WrestleMania is like the the best Raw ever, and all that. I mean that's way better than WrestleMania. I don't know how you felt about that this year, but I thought WrestleMania was well, it exceeded my expectations because they were so low because i always feel like they you know they haven't performed over the past you know three three years or so uh so the lead up the weekend phenomenal i think in my lifetime this was the best weekend of wrestling i've ever been alive for you had stuff on friday you had stuff on saturday you had stuff early sunday then you had wrestlemania Raw on Monday was great. From what I've seen, a little bit of SmackDown tonight was good. So there, there was the best weekend of wrestling. NXT, yes, but was it really WWE that put on the best wrestling of the weekend, other than NXT, which I will give you was phenomenal. That's that's questionable. That's up for debate and opinion and all that kind of stuff, but. None of this would have been possible if it wasn't for WrestleMania. You know, everybody's piggybacking off of that. Yeah, it, it, and it worked great. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, this is what it's going to be going forward. You know, like, this is where, what we're going to have to expect next year. Like, everybody's going to be coming into town. Well, where's the next year? New York? Oh, New York's already a heavy heavy wrestling town like it led the east coast area i don't even think there's on a normal weekend how much you know wrestling goes on in uh you know louisiana like i mean i guess i I don't even i've never even wrestled in louisiana before i don't even know if i've ever done a layover in louisiana before (laughs) um but the the new york area that east coast man you know that's gonna be very wrestling heavy uh so it'll, it'll be interesting for next year that's for sure so what do you have to promote, Pete? Um, our podcast. And then <laughs> – <Yeah. laughs> Oh, we're, we're on that right now, so I guess we don't have to promote it. Um, 
No, we got uh, well myself versus Josh Matthews coming up this Thursday, Thursday night. Yeah, are you yeah, excited for impact? that? Um, sure, we'll say sure. Uh, yeah, it's already well. You know, I already we already did it. So I mean, I, I know what the outcome is and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, the following week, I, I think we got two. Yeah, two TVs left before Redemption. So I'll be on this weekend. I will be on next week. So Josh doesn't kill me this week. Just spoiler alert right there. Um, so I will be on next week. And uh, yeah, and that leads right up into Redemption. And then uh, I don't know any spoilers for Redemption. I'm totally left in the dark, and I'll find out that day. And as soon as I find out, I'll give you a text, Dennis. <laughs> let, let me ask you this. Uh, since I don't get on the media calls, I want to have my own little media call with you. Okay. Uh, Dennis Farrell from the Wrestling Perspective Podcast. How are you doing today? Uh, good. Never heard of you, but go ahead. Not many people have, by the way. Uh, <laughs> it's me and this Canadian that does the podcast. Don't worry about it. Uh, okay. How was Josh Matthews to work with and his his knowledge of moves and putting together a match? Um, do you want me to answer this, how I would answer it on an impact no. media call or no. how I would answer it on our podcast? How you would answer it on a podcast because the media call, you would be like, Josh was a good guy to work with. I had yeah, fun yeah, with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, blah, 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 yeah. blah. Yeah, you're right. Um, well, you got to remember, Josh hasn't wrestled in many years. Many, many, many years. Um, so, you know, obviously, I don't want to say anything without – I'll just say spoiler alert. I guess. So stop listening if you don't want to. So it's, I mean, it's a match, but it's not really a match because, you know, again, he's not a wrestler. He's not an active wrestler. He's a manager, broadcast guy and stuff like that. Imagine if Corey Graves, even though Corey Graves, I've wrestled him before um, and he can wrestle, but imagine if he just got in the ring all of a sudden and wrestled like, um, you know, whoever, one of the contenders for the Intercontinental title, like went in there with Finn. And or Seth or whatever Miz and try to have a, a toe to toe like you know shot for shot wrestling match. It's not going to happen. So you know we didn't try to play it like that. So we we played it like it's it's more gimmicky than anything else. And Matt Seidel's in his corner and all that kind of stuff. It's more of a cat and mouse. So um, yeah, we don't really have. I don't even know if I do a professional wrestling move in that match to tell you the truth. Um, but and it's you- like it's pretty long. It's like a like a seven minute match i've had shorter matches on impact like four minutes where i try to do like a hundred thousand moves so um did how much yeah freedom, i mean so how much freedom did that? you guys have in putting this match together then um well you know i mean when we're talking about it uh josh didn't really have much input it, just because, you know, he knows he's not a wrestler and he was like, yeah, how do you think this is going to work best? So the agents have one idea and, you know, one agent would say, yeah, I think we should do this. And then, oh, you know, another agent would say like, oh, you should just beat the crap out of him for six minutes. And I'm like, well, like we're still trying to create drama. That's what we're trying to do and tell a story without like, without like, I don't know. Without killing the business, put, kind of like yeah, yeah, putting an end to it right immediately. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, we went back and forth, and at the end of the day, I think we got the story across. Did the fans like it? I don't know. We were like on our like third day of tapings or something like that. Um, but you know, it'll tune in because it's it's interesting if you want to see it and how it plays out. Um, and. Yeah, I mean that's there's not much to say about it. I mean, okay. on Twitter I'm hyping it up like it's going to be like this awesome five star match, but you, you know that's that's what we do to promote it. But um, to tell you the truth, it's it's a match because they ring the bell and <laughs> we're dressed to wrestle. But uh, you know, it's more of a, like he doesn't want anything to do with me and all that kind of stuff. You Which know, is like, understandable. Like, yeah, it's kind of like and I've never done this before, which is weird. Like. You ever see like, well, let's look at Braun Strowman versus James Ellsworth when they wrestled. Like, it's a big guy, little guy. Uh, he didn't want to have anything. Like, what do you do? I've never been a big guy in the match. I'm always the little guy, you know, the, like the fighting spirit little guy. So I've never been the big guy. So, I mean, I was in a role that I've never played before either. I've never been in a match like this. So we did the best we could. Um, I thought it turned out well and we told the story. And, uh, 
Um, it's it's all just the buildup to to redemption. What we actually wanted to do, we weren't even supposed to have that match. It wasn't even written in until last minute. We were actually supposed to do uh, this this yoga session or something like that. Where I, I don't even know the whole thing how it played out, but Sanjay had written this thing where since they do this whole namaste thing right now, their their character. Matt Seidel and Josh Matthews were going to be doing yoga. Somehow they get me doing it. I don't even know the whole logistics of it, but it was going to be more of a segment that led up to it uh, than a match. But then Sanjay hurting his Achilles, he couldn't be down there. He had the vision of how it works. And then Jimmy Jacobs was turned over to him. And he's like, I don't, I don't really grasp the concept, what you're looking for without this, like, you know, coming across as hokey. Um, and to make it work, because what impact doesn't want to do is just to throw stuff out there and, have it not work and come like it, it being hokey or second rate or whatever. They wanted to actually make it look decent and work. So they couldn't do that because Sanji wasn't there. So they were like, all right, well, let's scrap that and let's just do a match. So it was kind of plan B. So hopefully it, uh, it comes across as well on uh, TV. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, are the wrestling dates we should know about? Um, no, I don't. Uh, next thing is for uh, Redemption, and then uh, that's in Orlando, Florida. So if you're in and around that area, come check it out. And then we have four days of TV tapings after that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's about it. I'm taking that lighter schedule on right now. I jump back in in August and pretty much work <laughs> nonstop up until uh, December. So now, uh, you know, uh, my body's feeling it, and now I'm just you know, taking a lighter schedule now. And, uh, as far as this podcast goes, guys is wrapping up. It's the promo time. Make sure you tell your friends about the wrestling perspective podcast. You can go over to the website, wrestling perspective podcast.com. We're adding a lot of new stuff as it comes. Uh, we may have a surprise or two here and there. We don't know yet. We're now starting to look at advertising. So if you have a product you want to advertise, head over to the website and contact us. That was something Petey and I have been kind of closed off to. But we had a couple people contact us, and we thought if we can help people, then, you know, and you can send us to Denny's, we're more than happy to it, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll do it for, for some falafels at Denny's or whatever. For Grand Slam Breakfast. Slam, that's what it is, Grand Slam Breakfast. Uh, still, we are passing the test. We're what is it? Where are we now? A month and a half now. We've been in the top, fluctuating between five and ten and fifteen and three in the iTunes rankings, which we were kind of shocked when it first happened. Now we don't. I don't even check anymore. I just assume we're there. So thank you guys. And and the reason that happens is because of you. So please rate, subscribe on iTunes. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. We're on, God, what, Tuned In. We're on, what, what's iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. There you go. We're we're basically everywhere you get your podcasts. The, what a fun ride, Pete. Oh, yeah. This is, uh, man, I didn't, I, I, I never imagined it would end up like this. But, uh, you know, it's good. I, I like this, I like this upswing of things. And uh, I'm excited for the future. Do you feel like you're a... You're a more accomplished podcaster or a wrestler now? <laughs> um, well, I would like to be a more accomplished podcaster than wrestler. Definitely easier on uh, my body. And, you know, it just go like, I just like talking wrestling and like just talking about things like that they don't really talk about on other podcasts. Like just about like uh, how we put together things with Josh Matthews and stuff and uh, what match you put first, second, third, and all the way through the the lineup of the WrestleMania card? I mean, that that that's good stuff that I think people like to sit down, and listen to, uh, because they don't know that about wrestling. Like a, like a like an ordinary fan, all you're getting from other podcasts are yeah, let's interview this guy and he'll tell stories and stuff like that. Not that it's bad, we like doing that, uh, but you know we also like uh, you know talking about wrestling inside and out. Wait until we start doing full contact podcasting. That's going to be good, man. Or virtual reality <laughs> podcasting. I feel like we're almost there, Pete. Uh, so 
This is the, an early edition of the Wrestling Perspective Podcast. I actually today recorded a wrestling podcast with one of my comedian buddies, which I think I'll now release that later in the week since we'll release this now. Uh, Daryl Wright, who is a funny comedian, I recorded. So now next, so then later in the week, I'll just re- drop that. That's more of a Raw and Raw After Smackdown review. And, you know, we got his thoughts on a lot of things. So you were not there, PD. It was him and I. I'm glad I did it now since we're going to release this in like eight minutes. Yeah, sounds good. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Remember, if you go to the website, you can uh, follow us on social media. We have a website, WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. PD, what's your Twitter? I, PD Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, Dennis77Farrell, F-A-R-R-E-L-L. We have a podcast uh, Twitter page that uh, Knockdown Media runs. I don't even know what it is between you and I. I think it's like WP underscore pod. I don't I don't remember. But uh, if you can find we'll know for next time. <laughs> yeah. If you can find it, follow us. Uh, go over to Facebook. We have a fan page, which is very interactive. Uh, you can see pictures from WrestleMania weekend where Russ, who is one of the admins over there, was at WrestleMania, took lots of pictures and videos, lots of good stuff. We're trying to be more yeah. all-inclusive, so uh, take advantage of it, guys. Yeah, R- Russ is our correspondent. Let's call him a correspondent. Correspondent, I like that. Makes us sound more professional. <laughs> yeah, we sent him to WrestleMania. Yeah, we sent him to WrestleMania to tell us. That, yeah, yeah, it's exactly. We're just happened. too lazy that we didn't want to go on our own. No, no, because we have to hold the fort down over here. Yeah, right, right, right. right. I love where your head is on this. Yeah. All, all <laughs> right, guys. It's it's a wrestling perspective podcast. Have a good week. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye, Pete. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.